A to Z. Abd El Krim. Spain had lost much of its prestige and most of its power in the disastrous war with the United States in the late 1800s. So in the 1900s, the beginning of the 1900s, the ancient Iberian Empire was running on fumes, but change is hard to accept, especially for those that wear crowns. In an effort to keep up appearances and keep up with the pack, the Spanish claimed some coastal Moroccan lands and declared them the imaginatively titled Spanish Protectorate of Morocco. The Spanish didn't have the strength to maintain colonies all over the globe like they once did, so a few valuable trade ports a mere 15 miles across the Straits of Gibraltar seemed like a pretty straightforward, safe bet. What they didn't reckon on, though, was a man named El Krim. Born in the 1880s, the exact date is unknown, Muhammad Ibn Abd al-Krim al-Khattabi was a fearsome, brilliant guerrilla fighter and leader for the Riffian cause against colonial powers. The Riff is a mountain range a little inland from the coast within the interior of Morocco. Uh, it's home to Berbers and, and tribes that have been there for centuries, if not longer. Highly educated El Krim first worked as a reporter and local government official, and at this time in his life, somewhere 1905 to 1915, he had warm patriotic feelings for Spain. But as a German sympathizer throughout the First World War, El Krim was targeted by the French-Moroccan government, which had close ties to the Spanish. Imprisoned for a time, El Krim escaped and began a decades-long fight for the freedom of his people and culture in the Rif. Joined by his brother, Muhammad, El Krim began his fight in earnest in 1921. It was also the year of his greatest victory at the Battle of Annual. Spanish General Manuel Fernandez Silvestre dismissed El Krim's warning that if he and his army crossed into Rift territory, they would be considered hostile and attacked. The Spanish army of somewhere between 20 and 30,000, depending on the sources, met the Riffian forces of between three and 5,000 and was utterly annihilated. Silvestri committed suicide on the field, and some ten to 13,000 Spanish soldiers and civilians were cut down in the fighting. Many of those that were killed died while trying to surrender, which we'll circle back to at the end of this episode and discuss. The massive success at Annual led to two things. A general expansion of the rebellion from the eastern part of the Rif mountain range, right across the center of Morocco, all the way to the western part, and it also caused an absolute panic back in Madrid. The Spanish government floundered as what was thought to be a simple smacking around of a few tribal tufts was quickly turning into a colonial quagmire and an international embarrassment. The new government recognized the danger of its current position because it had dozens of outposts strewn about the heartland of Morocco and thousands of Spanish soldiers manning them. And now these outposts and the soldiers inside were completely isolated and behind enemy lines. The order was given for a complete withdrawal 
to the Presidios, which were coastal fortified uh, uh, military positions. And this would allow them to maintain supply lines. And then also it would allow naval guns that could be brought to bear on any Berber rebels that came sniffing about. The slapdash retreat from the interior posts was a costly one. And as the Spanish tried to scramble from the mountains down onto the coastal plain, El Crim's guerrillas implemented his attacks and tactics perfectly, costing the Spanish more than 15,000 in casualties. By 1924, the Spanish stood humiliated and tottering, their grip on events clearly inadequate. The French, however, the colonial neighbors uh, of the Spanish in Morocco, didn't want the fire of rebellion spreading into their backyard, and they offered to lend a helping hand. The combined forces, under the hero of Verdun himself, Henri Patan, numbered 250,000 men and hundreds of planes and an armada of naval forces, set out all just to crush one man, El Krim and his bandits. In 1925, the newly allied forces executed an amphibious landing a scant dozen miles or so from El Krim's home base and the capital of the Rif. The overwhelming nature of the offensive meant that the outcome was never likely in doubt, but another ten months of brutal fighting went by before the end of the rebellion was agreed upon, and in 1926, the peace treaty was signed. As part of that peace treaty, El Krim was banished to exile on the remote French island of Reunion, where he lived a comfortable life for 20 years. Suffering some health issues, El Krim was transferred to the south of France, where he eventually slipped away to Egypt, where he was given asylum in 1947. He spent the next 15 years of his life fighting for the total removal of colonial powers from North African lands, and he eventually died in 1963. Now, eventually we are going to cover the Battle of Annual because it's fascinating and it's a great, uh, it'll be a great episode for the battle cast, the main portion of Cauldron. And the Rift War itself is really fascinating, so if you're interested in this, definitely look into it. There's there's not as many sources as you might think for such a uh, an important uh, an important fight and, and war. I mean, what happens in the Rift eventually leads to the toppling or is a contributing factor into the toppling of the Spanish monar- monarchy and the rise of Franco and all the implications that come with that for World War II. So definitely a, a fascinating little bit of history that we kind of lose sight of in the West, especially in the, in the United States. But so if you're interested in that, definitely seek it out. But I did want to circle back and just mention that there were indeed many, many atrocities that were committed by both sides in the fighting in the Rift War. And I believe this is actually the third Rift War uh, that El Krim was a part of. Uh, the Spanish and the French and the Riffians all to one degree or another did, did, did horrible, beastly, brutal things. But the, the Spanish and the French brought it to another level. Uh, the the fact that the the Spanish soldiers were killed while trying to surrender 
really lit a fire back home. The Spanish were appalled. The Spanish king reportedly called them, quote, malicious beasts. And another official said, quote, they were completely irreducible and uncivilized. They despise all the advantages of civilization. They are hermetic to benevolence and fear only punishment. End quote. This dehumanizing and othering of the rift people led to the use of gases, humecticides, poison gas. The Spanish minister of war, Berenguer, stated, quote, I've been obstinately resistant to the use of suffocating gases against these indigenous peoples, but after what they have done, and of their treacherous and deceptive conduct, I have to use them with true joy, end quote. Now, these are gases like phosgene, diphosgene, and the universally feared and hated mustard gas. And they're all being deployed on civilians, on rivers, villages, markets, soldiers, camps, pretty much anywhere they could find anybody in the Rif, whether they were soldiers or had weapons or not, they they hit it with gas. Uh, and this was seen as the the similar. It was seen similarly to the Rift rebels using their knowledge of geography and terrain to their advantage, uh, because it was such an overwhelming advantage for the rebels. The Spanish thought, "Well, we'll use our technology and science, and that'll be our advantage." Now, I'm not going to make a judgment call one way or the other, uh, because that's not my place here. I'm just putting this information out to you. Look into it. It's it's really interesting. Uh, and if you have the stomach for it, there are photos out there, much like what we saw when we talked about the American troops in the Philippines, uh, the mutilations, and uh, rather just just absolutely horrific photos of of the mutilation of corpses um, that you can you can find on the internet that gives some insight into how horrific the violence really got in the Rift War. Uh, but again, I, I, I warn you that you'll see stuff you probably won't be able to unsee. So uh, if you're into that, go for it. But if not, avoid it um, when you're researching this, if you research it any further. All right, that is the episode on El Crim. I can't wait to get further into uh, episodes with you guys. My wife and I are in a new house. I've finally got a new studio kind of squared away, and we are going to have plenty of content coming to you. Wednesday, we have the Abenaki Wars. We're going to do a quick hit for War A to Z on the Abenaki Wars, and then Friday, I've got the Conigrats full battle cast coming to you, uh, and that should be uh, should be a good good interesting long account of one of my favorite battles that we've covered so far and then on instagram twitter and maybe tiktok we'll have more uh, more little videos coming to you uh, tomorrow we're going to cover stone age weapons thursday we're going to cover early meta- uh, metal weapons and uh, and yeah enjoy it we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon